with Wings Productions presents Chapter 20 of The Skylark Bell Skydive. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In last week's episode, Farfalla had a strange encounter with a boy on the beach while out with Franny and Felix. In today's episode, we read Chapter 20, The Music Box, in which a day of celebration turns rather dark rather quickly. Today's podcast partner is Blue Step Audio, located in Hales Owen, UK. Blue Step Audio has mixed and mastered several songs for the Skylark Bell, composed by myself under my stage name, Canel. They provide professional services with great attention to detail and impeccable results. If you're looking for the highest quality audio for your podcast or music, be sure to reach out to them. Contact links are in the show notes. I would also like to acknowledge La Fête de la Saint-Jean-Baptiste, which takes place on June 24th and has been embraced as a holiday strong in cultural identity for my native Quebec, Canada, which has inspired many of the scenes throughout the Skylark trilogy. Now it's time to settle in, grab a blanket and a warm drink, and let's get started. October 16th, 1799. The people of Pockage have kept me busy with performances of late, calling me in for people who, I have no doubt, are simply suffering from a common cold. But I do my duty, plop that ridiculous crown on my head, and sing them the French lullaby Audrey Torturo taught me all those years ago. I have discovered something, however, something of great value. There are times when singing the same song grows tiresome, so I instead sing the song of the oak tree. And those times, I've noticed, the song seems to have an effect on the people in the room. When I finish, they are all staring at me with unseeing eyes. One time, I told one of the little boys in the room to spin around, and he did so as if in a daze, almost like he was sleepwalking. It was quite curious, but I presumed he was simply a very obedient child. I was intrigued enough, however, to try it again. So the next time I was called in for a performance, I sang the song of the oak tree, and this time, when it ended, I asked the maid to take a drinking glass from the tray on the bed and smash it to the floor. To my amazement, she followed my request without hesitation. When the lady of the house came bursting in asking what was going on, the maid blinked and looked at the shattered glass on the floor, hopelessly confused. She had no recollection of any of the events leading up to that point. I took the blame for the glass, and of course all was forgiven. The villagers love me. I can do no wrong. Granny, it's your turn, says Donald Carnifex, handing his daughter an object wrapped in layers of cloth. Franny's face lights up. She just watched Felix unveil his gift from their father, a collection of horses and soldiers carved out of wood, each painted in bright colors. She carefully pulls the cloth off the object and holds it up at eye level, unsure what to do next. It's a music box, says Mr. Carnifex. Here, let me show you how it works. He places a small metal key in the back of the box and turns it. A playful tune emanates from the box, to everyone's delight, 
especially Franny's. Oh, Papa, it's magic, she breathes. May I try? Of course, I'm glad you like it, he says, handing her the key. Franny places it in the hole and cranks it a few times. The music begins to play over the soft whirring of the small motor inside the box. Franny cranks it two more times before jumping into her father's arms. Oh, Papa, I've missed you so, she says. Me too, shouts Felix, both of them running to their father and throwing their arms around his neck. Donald has been away on business for weeks. He traveled to the mainland and eventually on to other parts of Europe, collecting gifts for the children along the way. I've missed you too, he says, giving them each a pat on the head. Now, Franny, that music box is very rare and very special. Promise you'll be careful with it, he says. I promise, Papa, she replies, cradling the box in her hands like a baby bird. She runs her fingers over the carved wood, feeling the flowers engraved around the edges of the top. Nurse Betsy, why don't you head upstairs to help the children wash up for dinner, says Isabella. May we bring our gifts upstairs with us, asks Felix, not quite ready to put down his toy soldiers. You can bring them up and put them away. It's no longer time to play, says Nurse Betsy in her dry, cracking voice as she lifts herself out of her chair. Perhaps you'd like to enjoy dinner as a family, now that Mr. Carnifex has returned, says Farfalla. Nonsense! Your family now, too, replies Isabella with a wave of her hand. Farfalla can feel Nurse Betsy bristle at Isabella's words. She plods up the stairs behind the children, her body stiff as a board. Farfalla glares at her back until she disappears on the landing. She's found Franny in tears on more than one occasion, and found Felix by the beach throwing large rocks furiously into the water just last week. Neither one of them wanted to talk about what happened, but Farfalla could tell Nurse Betsy was involved. Isabella told me how you have helped with the children in my absence. We're both very grateful, says Donald. They're both an absolute joy. I truly love spending time with them, replies Farfalla, turning her gaze away from the stairway and back to Donald and Isabella. They enjoy spending time with you as well. Felix still talks about your picnic at the beach, and Franny has spent weeks painting the seashells she collected. She displays them on the windowsill in her bedroom smiles Isabella. We are very fortunate to have you here, adds Donald, wrapping his arm around his wife's shoulders. She turns her face toward him and they look at one another lovingly. Farfalla remembers she and Marius looking at one another that way and feels a sinking feeling in her heart. Suddenly, a loud crash on the ceiling above their heads, followed by a piercing scream, shakes her out of her memories. Farfalla, Isabella, and Donald rush up the stairs in unison. Isabella reaches the doorway to the children's room first. What in the world? she exclaims. Oh, Franny, your music box, says Donald. Farfalla creeps up behind them and looks over their shoulders. Franny is crumpled on the floor, weeping. In front of her, pieces of the music box are strewn about the floor. Felix is cowering in the corner, a terrified look in his eyes. What happened here? demands Isabella. 
Well, it would appear Felix here was jealous of his sister's very rare and special gift, begins Nurse Betsy with a sneer. So he held it up over his head and smashed it to the ground. Farfalla watches as Felix's eyes grow wide with shock. Isabella lets out a gasp. Felix, how could you, she shouts. Nurse Betsy, please take Felix into the next room and administer a suitable consequence for his actions, she says sternly, her eyes cold as ice. No, Mama, please, it wasn't, he begins, desperation in his little voice. Come now, I think we've heard enough from you, says Betsy, grabbing him roughly by the arm and dragging him out of the room before he can say anything else. Farfalla watches Franny intently. She is crying so hard she can't speak. Farfalla pushes past Mr. and Mrs. Carnifex and sits on the floor next to her. She slowly begins picking up the pieces of the music box and collecting them in the skirt of her dress. You know, she says in the most calming tone she can muster, Mr. Crake down in the village is quite handy. He has that shop, Crake's Clocks. I bet he would be willing to try and fix this for you. Franny looks up at her with teary eyes. And Farfalla is shocked to realize Franny isn't crying over the music box. It isn't sadness on her face. It's fear. Farfalla leans in closely and whispers in her ear. Did Nurse Betsy smash your music box? She asks. Franny gives her a very faint nod. Farfalla can feel the rage boiling inside her. She bites her lip and inhales deeply to regain her self-control. I apologize, Miss Skye. Perhaps it would be best if we sent some dinner home with you and gathered together to celebrate Donald's return tomorrow night, says Isabella, a hint of embarrassment in her voice. Farfalla nods and stands up. She steps into the hallway and is about to go downstairs when she hears a cry from down the hall. She hears a loud smacking noise and another cry. Felix. Nurse Betsy must be exercising some kind of punishment for breaking the music box, even though he did nothing of the sort. Farfalla's fists clench as she walks down the stairs, Felix's cries of pain echoing behind her. This is the last time Nurse Betsy hurts these children, she thinks to herself. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Chapter 21, Seabird, in which Farfalla uses newfound skills to avenge the Carnifex children. The Skylark Bell is brought to you by Phaeton Starling Publishing and features original music by Canal. If you're enjoying this story, please consider leaving a rating or a review. They're both greatly appreciated. You can also support my work by subscribing to Patreon where you get early access to episodes as well as mp3 downloads of the music, artwork, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. You can also find the Skylark Bell exclusive merch on my website, theskylarkbell.com. Just check the show notes for all necessary links. Please keep listening for an instrumental version of my song, Elliot Under Glass, which was mixed and mastered by Blue Step Audio and features additional instrumentation by Stephen Holloway and Anthony Freeman. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Melissa Oliveri, writer, host, and producer of the Skylark Bell Podcast.